0: I'm Shelley Schlender. This is Me and My Diabetes. Up next, we talk with Jeff Volick. Jeff's the co-author of the best-selling book, The New Atkins for a New You. He's also the co-author of two more recent books with Steve Finney, The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Living and The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Performance. In addition, Jeff's a professor at the University of Connecticut. He's focused his career on studying low carb diets, not just for weight loss, but as a lifestyle choice that may improve the health of people who suffer from diabetes and heart disease. And Jeff's a weightlifter. For more, here's part one of a two part interview with Jeff Volick. Jeff Volick, can you tell me who you are?
1: I'm a professor at the University of Connecticut, where I study nutrition and exercise research.
0: If I were to do an arm-wrestling match with you right now, who do you think would win?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I have bad elbows from arm-wrestling my brother when I was young, so I think it would be a close battle.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised to hear you say that, because how many pounds can you lift?
1: I used to be stronger. But I still try to be strong. <laughs> I'm a power lifter at heart. I, I used to compete over a decade ago, and I have several meets under my belt. Now I'm 43 years old, and I'm suffering from a lot of the collateral damage from lifting too heavy weights. But I still enjoy going to the gym and trying to outlift the young guys there.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? How much weight do you lift? Um,
1: I don't. I'm, I'm not so into lifting heavy weights anymore, but I, I still can. Squat, probably 500 pounds, and deadlift, close to 500 pounds if I'm warmed up <laughs> and have all the kinks worked out.
0: Well, Jeff folick there's so much talk about whether exercise or what we eat or how many calories we eat or what kind of food we eat make a difference. And in a way, you've been able to be in all of these worlds. You've been on the exercise side, and you've done research into calories in, calories out. And you've done research into what kind of calories, fats, protein, carbohydrates.
1: Well, you know, I have been interested in in diet for for a long time, and I came upon low-carbohydrate diets very early on in my um, research career. And, and my initial interest was more in the clinical application of, of diet in terms of weight loss and risk for diabetes and heart disease. However, I've also ha- had a passion for sports performance. So you know, I kind of live in these two worlds of the clinical application of diet and also uh, the sport performance and uh, and just the uh, you know the 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 health uh, aspects and well-being aspects of diet, uh, and and more than ever uh, over the last decade, I, I sense these two worlds colliding because in both of those worlds, we've advocated high carbohydrate diets and low-fat diets as being ideal. Who is we? I guess we is the uh, mainstream consensus, the uh, dietary guidelines. It's the dietary recommendations. But you have to realize in the sports world, you know, we have the high-carbohydrate paradigm, the carbohydrate loading that's been around for just as long as the dietary guidelines have been around. So they, they in many ways, reinforce each other. Here, our research is showing, well, maybe that's not quite as straightforward as we thought it was.
0: Now, did you start out thinking that a high-carbohydrate diet is the best way to go?
1: I'm a trained dietitian. I, my undergraduate degree was in dietetics. sort of recognized myself as a dietitian first and, you know, of course have gone on and studied nutrition at a, at a higher level than most dietitians. And so uh, I, I, I was indoctrinated with this low-fat paradigm. Now
0: that's a harsh term. Indoctrinated means that it was pushed into your brain as opposed to being a scientific exploration. That's a loaded term. Did you choose that on purpose or not?
1: The curriculum in dietetics is very much focused on low-fat diets.
0: I think that most dietitians would say that that's because it's the better way to eat, and it's obviously more scientifically correct, and it's not indoctrination. It's just the best way to go.
1: That's what's presented, and until you challenge that dogma, really, it's to the point I would characterize it as a dogma that... Humans have evolved to uh, adapt to low-fat diets, and that's the best diet for weight loss. It's the best diet for disease prevention and overall health. And until you challenge that at a higher level, which I think requires at least graduate-level education.
0: Now, Jeff Folick, some of the best minds in the country will respond that really when it comes to weight loss and weight maintenance, what matters is how many calories you take out, you, how many calories you take in versus how many calories you burn. And so it's obvious, for instance, that if you have some skim milk that you've flavored with chocolate and sugar to make it be more palatable for kids versus a same amount of whole milk which has no sugar in it and it's made more palatable because it has high fat, the higher calorie of those two will be the whole milk. And so definitely you should avoid having kids drink that and instead have them drink the chocolate milk that's the skim milk and has fewer calories because obviously calories are what make a difference. There are great scientists who will say it's calories in, calories out. I'm
1: not so sure I would argue with calories in, calories out uh, as far as weight loss, but clearly the type of calories you consume affects your metabolism in very complex ways. So just uh, focusing on low-fat foods is, is certainly a way to consume fewer calories at that meal, but does it affect your appetite? Does it affect your satiety and your satisfaction? Yes, of course.
0: So when you say metabolism, you mean things like appetite, whether you're hungry or not. You mean whether or not you have energy after you eat a meal and during the day. For you, those are things that mean metabolism.
1: Absolutely, and, and, and consuming that low-fat milk may allow for fewer calories to be consumed at that meal but what happens an hour later when you're hungry and those kids are seeking out snacks and other high carbohydrate meals to satisfy that craving they have. It's a fuel crisis they're having because their blood sugar's low. If they would have chose the whole fat milk that has a few more calories, they would have been more satiated, had less fluctuation in their blood sugar and their insulin levels, and likely would consume less calories over the entire day.
0: I gather that when you're explaining this, you're explaining the journey that you took from advocating high carbohydrate diets to low carbohydrate diets.
1: Well, I followed uh, what I believed during my training in dietetics. And I think it was in 1991, uh, I had graduated from dietetics and and obtained my registered dietitian status. And I decided to read Atkins' book, uh, Dr. Atkins' book. And at that time, I was following a very low-fat diet.
0: Did that work for you, the low-fat diet?
1: I I never really felt that great. I've never had a weight problem, but I never felt like I had a lot of energy, and I I always felt all the fiber I was eating was not agreeing with my GI. Uh, uh, I had GI symptoms a lot of the time. You know, I just said, what the heck, let me try the Atkins diet. And my experience was nothing short of an epiphany.
0: This has been part one of an interview with Jeff Volick, a professor at the University of Connecticut, who is the co-author of The New Atkins for a New You, The Art and Science of Low-Carbohydrate Living, and The Art and Science of Low-Carbohydrate Performance. I'm Shelley Schlender. For part two or more interviews like this, check out meandmydiabetes.com.